You're listening to How She Creates. I'm your host, Lauren Hooper. This podcast is for the curious, the wanderer and the wanderers, the playful and the joyful. Every week, we're going to explore how to design a life full of creativity and whimsy. Now let's get curious and go explore something. Welcome to How She Creates. Today, I have my friend Allie from Seek and Be who is joining me. I met Allie at the Imperfect Boss Camp. We were cabin mates last October, and I just fell in love with her. She is so kind and so creative and so encouraging, and I am thrilled to bring her on the episode today to talk to you about living intentionally because I believe she is such a great example of this and has really lovely doable suggestions for you. And so I'm really excited for you to dive into her wisdom. So Allie, thank you for being here. Oh my gosh, Lauren, thank you so much for having me. I am beyond thrilled and so honored to be here today. This is going to be really fun. So will you tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, where we can find you, all that good stuff? Absolutely. Um, Yeah, my name is Allie Morgan, and I'm an artist. I live in Portland, Oregon with my amazing husband. Um, And I have been uh, running Seek and Be for about six years. Um, You can find me listening to music way too loudly in my studio, usually with paint covered hands, which is my favorite, and drinking lots of tea. That's me in a nutshell. (laughs) I love it. And where can we find you if people want to look you up right now? So right now, my website is seekandbe.com. And I'm also on Instagram at seekandbee. Um, And Pinterest, if anybody else is addicted like I am, I'm also at seekandbee. Awesome. And we'll have links to Allie in the show notes at lauren-likes.com slash podcast. If you already know that website well, I hope you do. So if you're a wonderful, frequent listener and you can go connect with her there. So Allie, tell us a little bit more about your creative story. How did you fall in love with creating? And what is your specific art form? Because I love following you on Instagram. You make the coolest stuff. Your, your like aesthetic and your color scheme. It's so lovely and so beautiful. And I wish that I could emulate it more, but I'm really bad at adding like a million colors. So I hope people go look at how lovely your um, color choice, color choices are. Oh my gosh. You're the sweetest. Thank you for that. Um, As far as my creative story, it has been a journey for sure. Um, I do come from a long line of strong, creative women. Um, I was adopted at five and a half, and my birth family is just chock full of amazing women that have been artists, um, creative in so many different ways. Um, But the family that I was adopted into was also very creative in their own ways, very musically inclined creative as far as decor and um, being able to put things together. So I kind of got the best of both worlds and um, was always creative as a kid. I could spend hours coloring and painting and oh my gosh, I even danced with a ribbon twirl stick. I mean, I love it. Did you have one? 
Of course. And <laughs> skip it. I feel like those were my like favorite childhood like outdoor toys. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I've I've always been creative, but um, you know, in the the family that I was raised in, creativity was more thought of as um, or geared towards music. And so while I did great on creative presentations, like my book reports were always crafty, always over the top artistic. Um, but when we talked about creativity in my family, it was more geared towards music or drama, that sort of thing. Um, but I had a roommate when I moved out. I was about 18 or 19, and she was house-sitting, and I went along with her. And she was giving me a tour of the house, and we walked into this room, and it felt like beads were literally dripping from the ceiling and the walls. It was amazing something I had never experienced before and I instantly fell in love with beads and jewelry making even though I had never done it before so that kind of started my official creative journey uh, as an adult um, which has led down a winding path that has been a beautiful crazy roller coaster journey Oh, that sounds amazing. I hope one day someone describes my house that way as like dripping and overflowing with art supplies. Doesn't that right? just sound magical? It's so inspiring. Yes, I love it. So tell us about, I, I feel like I know you as jewelry maker, but also a collage mixed media maker. Tell us a little bit more about those two things and your process. Well, part of my creative journey was um, I did start out as a jewelry designer. And in, you know, about four years ago, my husband was diagnosed with cancer. And life as we knew it came to a stop. And um, I spent about three years helping him through the cancer journey, taking care of him, that sort of thing. Um, and as it happens in that sort of situation, you really reevaluate and think about life in different terms. And it really struck me how, how much my heart desired creating on a bigger scale and creating in different ways. And so I took part of that time to start exploring and experimenting and finally playing with some of those supplies that I had wanted to try for so long. And that led to me discovering um, collage, which has been amazing. And it also began me down a path of creating my own collage materials. So I, you know, hand paint papers to put into collages. During that time, I started collecting images to be able to use in collages. And really that evolved into what you can see now on my website or Instagram, which is more mixed media collages. There's some fabric sculpture. It just opened the door. Once I acknowledged that true yearning in my heart, it opened a whole new world of supplies and mediums and techniques that I'm just absolutely in love with. So when you were going through this process, that's a big deal. That's a big kind of shift. And 
um, a really scary time for your family, but also for you creatively. And that's also a time that a lot of people struggle when they're going through something like that to find something for themselves personally and not feel guilty, but they know it helps, you know, from the overwhelm. Um, how did you get brave and take that step into what you wanted to do into looking for creativity to, to help you so much? What, what advice would you give to someone who was struggling in a similar situation? That is such a great question. And honestly, I think the the biggest aspect of that was having a really amazing community around me that was very good about checking in on how I was doing mentally, physically, spiritually, um, you know, just a really good concentrated group of people that were making sure that I was taking time for myself. It kind of gave me permission in a way to take these activities that felt super selfish, um, but allowed me to let my mind rest. It definitely filled up my my soul cup, so to speak. You know, it helped me feel like myself and it helped me feel whole. So I think having a community that's really looking out for your whole well-being in a situation like that um, is huge. But also we have to acknowledge that within ourselves, knowing when we need to nourish our soul, when we need to take a time out, when we need to practice a little grace and self-care and allow ourselves to do something that's really going to make us feel fulfilled and give us just a little bit of joy in our day. I I love that. And I know so many people struggle with that idea of, you know, well, maybe I don't have this great community. How, how do you go about finding a good community? And I would also challenge people to be that community for other people. You know, if you see someone struggling, reach out to them in the way that Allie was saying people reach out to her and encourage them in that way. Um, So Allie, would you share how to find that great community and how you would reach out to someone who was struggling? Absolutely. I think I look at examples like Rising Tide Society um, Mm. that was built on this hey, I need this sort of community and I haven't been able to find it anywhere. So I'm going to take that first step and create this sort of community that I need. Um, I think when you uh, have kind of built up a community around you, like I had kind of an easy made community through our church um, at that time. But if you're someone that doesn't have kind of an automatic community, whether that be Um, through religion or a a hobby where you find other people that are like-minded. It does take a big dose of bravery, um, which can be exciting and so thrilling, maybe a little daunting, but it's so worth it. If you just take the first step, find someone that you think is interesting, maybe they're doing something that inspires you. And honestly, just starting a conversation that says, hey, I really could use some community. I see magic in you. It really inspires me. Can we chat? Can we have a conversation? Let me take you to coffee. And that just gives you the first step in the right direction. And as you do that with more people, you begin to create this 
beautiful community around you with like-minded people that will help support, inspire, and encourage you on your own journey. And you can do the same for them, which is just the most beautiful gift I can think of. Oh, I love that. And love that you just said that you tell people that about the magic you see in them, that who could resist wanting to be your friend when you say something like that to them? Right, exactly. <laughs> Make sure it's true. Like we're not, <laughs> to, we're not trying to BS our way through creating friendships or community. I mean the people that truly light you up and that you really see magic in because that is where the goodness is going to be. It is. And I think that's a really great way to frame friendship in adulthood because it's hard to make new friends as an adult because it's, it's a so lot hard. of vulnerability. Absolutely. It can be, it can be so, so hard, um, but also so worth it. Like, I feel like as an adult, you don't need to have hundreds of friends. Um, it's just those, oh my gosh, like magical friendships where you have that connection with just a few chosen people. It just, it's the most beautiful thing. It, it is. And it takes work just like a marriage. You know, I, I kind of think people and myself, I'm totally guilty of this. Talk about how, you know, oh, it's hard to make friends or, you know, I hung out with this person once. Um, but it takes literal texting on a weekly consistent basis and inviting them to uh, to dinner or, you know, right now reminding them to FaceTime you. Um, you just have to be so diligent in that, just like you would in a, like a intimate, what, what is the right word for a special relationship? Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and that's absolutely right. And I'm sure that you've experienced this as you've been away from maybe parts of your community or friends. I really didn't learn this lesson or take this to heart until I had two of my very best friends move out of the state within a year of each other. And it really brought to light how you have to really nurture the relationships. It's so much easier when you're in the same city. It's like, hey, let's go grab tacos. You know, let's go grab happy hour. It's so easy when you have those relationships that are physically close in proximity. But as I learned, like it does take texting regularly or sending a bajillion Marco Polos or sending care packages in the mail, like it's almost like you're dating your friend because you want to keep that relationship really well nourished. You want to be checking in on each other and not just the, okay, let's let six months go by. And I don't know what's happening in your life. It does take a lot of work, but it's so worth it. It does. And it takes a lot of vulnerability on your part too, to also reach back out and be honest about what's happening with you because they can't observe it from afar. You do have to bring things up on your own. And you're right. I have spent the majority of my adult life since I was about 18 moving and meeting and befriending people who lived all over the world. And I am good at maintaining these friendships because I've been doing it a long time, but that is it. That is my recipe for it is sending them a lot of memes on Instagram, texting them no matter what time of the night it is, and being really intentional about setting up um, coffee date. I mean, like, you know, like Zoom coffee dates or 
making sure when I'm in town to make an effort to see them. And it goes a long way. Absolutely. And I, and I would say my, my real love language is words of affirmation, but a strong second is funny memes. Like that is how yes. I keep several of my friendships alive is just by sending funny memes. <laughs> Very important. It is. It is so important. I love it. So I'm going to plug mucus and cheese on Instagram if anyone needs really good, clean, but very funny and poignant memes. Um, Where is your favorite meme account, Allie? Oh, my gosh. I don't have one specific one. I honestly, it's just kind of in the home feature where you discover new things. It's it's just a gold mine of hilarity. Perfect. And I think that's because Instagram knows you and it knows that's what you're looking for. So that's why your home your homepage looks like that. Exactly. They're like, this girl's a little special. <laughs> she wants all the funny memes. So let's just give her everything. Yes, I love it. Um, okay, so we're talking a lot about being intentional in a lot of different areas of our lives. And you were talking about your creativity. Do you have a routine or a process or ritual that you go through when you're creating each day? Um, I did when I was going to my studio each day. Um, You know, life looks a little different right now. Um, But I really have fallen in love with the creative ritual that I've put into place when I go to my studio. Um, So for me, that looks like getting into the studio and I love coming up with um, a really uplifting energizing blend of scents to put in my diffuser that's very important Um, and then I just start with a little prayer of gratitude um, just to show the space how grateful I am for it I've only had a studio space outside the home for about a year and a half Um, and I just feel so lucky every single day that I'm able to go there Um, and then I do a little writing time just to kind of clear my head, kind of inspired by morning pages. Um, and then I create a sketchbook page or what I call an ugly collage where I just put no pressure on myself to create something. It's more just to get my hands started. And then I go into my work day. So that way I've had a little gratitude time been able to clear my head I've moved my hands and then I feel like I can really get to work oh I love that I love that setup so much I think that's really important and I'm I I need to be better about that that is something I have seen is missing in my creative process I kind of either have full days where I'm just messing around or full days where I'm like I have to get to work you know um and I need to find a better balance and routine so you're very encouraging in that oh well and it's hard to find that balance right like for me creating is such a spiritual act and so it does have this air of preciousness but I don't want it to be too precious because that can interfere with the creative process right if we're trying to think too much about about making it so precious and pristine, but having some time or a ritual or just something that you come back to that for me shows gratitude is really important, but also just signifies, hey, this is a really special or sacred place where I'm doing, you know, important work, whether that's just for yourself, if you have a creative business. I mean, when you create, that's really important work. 
And so I think finding some way to acknowledge that um, is super important. That is so well said. And it doesn't have to be like a big deal. Like I love what you were saying about the practice of gratitude. Um, You know, it doesn't have to be this big, big thing that I think we make it out to be in our minds. And that's what trips us up and gets us all like, you know, clogged up and we can't create or can't move forward. Well, and we can say that about so many different areas of life, right? Like we overthink, we think it has to be a certain way. And really, when you think about it, things can be so much easier than we actually think they are. Like it doesn't have to be big or fancy or glamorous. It's just something for ourselves and we can make that look however we want. Yes, Amen. I have definitely been pushing myself to be more aware of that lately whenever I'm getting tripped up on something. I mean, like, why am I making this so complicated? What's the easiest thing and way to do it? And then I just do that. And it always turns out amazing, you know, and because I did it. Yeah, exactly. And we know, like, really, we are lizard brains (laughs) likes to think that we don't know. But when we listen to our intuition, Um, when we listen to our heart, like we know what we need to do. And once we listen to that, like that's where the magic happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, so true. Tell us more about your idea of living intentionally. You said you had seven secrets that you were going to share with us. I do. So these are just my own. um, These are my own seven secrets that have really helped me. Um, As I mentioned, my husband's cancer journey was a huge uh, moment of reflection for both of us as far as what we wanted our lives to look like. It's just one of those life altering events where you can't help but get really quiet and still and think about your life as it is and how you want your life to be. Um, And even previous to that, you know, I have a lot of trauma in my past and I have um, had a very uh, colorful roller coaster journey as far as Um, you know, a history of trauma. I have PTSD. Um, You know, these things in my life that can cause a lot of anxiety and insecurity. And for me, becoming more intentional with my life was almost a must. Like it was a game changer that I didn't even know that I needed. And so especially during my husband's cancer journey, it just made it obviously clear to both of us that it was really important to focus on, well, first, figure out what our values were, and then live accordingly to that. Um, And it has made all the difference. Before you get started and share your secrets, can you tell us what your definition of living intentionally is? Because I know that's very broad and can be really overwhelming for some people. And so I don't want people to tune out. Like what, what does that mean for you? Absolutely. And I totally agree. It can, it can feel really overwhelming because I think we have a version in our mind of what living intentionally looks like. Um, And so for me, it just means being really clear on what I value in my life. Um, It means simplifying, cutting out the noise, and just making choices that are really in alignment with who I want to be and who I want to show up as in my life and the future that I want to have for myself and, you know, my family, uh, including my husband. 
I love that. I love that definition. Okay. So let's get started and share with us your seven secrets to living intentionally. Perfect. I'm so excited about this part. (laughs) So first things first, it is so much easier than you think to live intentionally. I think often we think of a very glamorized version of intentional living. Um, But the beautiful thing is that we can make it as simple or extravagant as we like. So for example, I feel like um, living intentionally is kind of a it's a hot word right now. It's a hot topic. It's trending. And I think what we see when we scroll down rabbit holes on Instagram or Pinterest is these beautiful laid out, like I imagine a charcuterie board and a beautiful couple having a picnic and just these amazing, beautiful things, which isn't realistic for my life. (laughs) Like that's great in theory. Or we think of pristine, beautiful bedrooms with a pot of tea on the bed and a beautiful book and and all these things. And and in all reality, if that doesn't fit into your life, that doesn't have to be living intentionally for you. It can be as simple as can be. It's what feels best for you and in alignment with the life that you want to live. Um. And I think the next one is we have more power over our lives than we think. And there, there's plenty, don't get me wrong, there's plenty we can't control in life, but there is more power. Uh, for example, like if you're stuck in a job that you hate, I promise that you have the power to fix that. Or if you want to travel more, you have the power to fix that. It may not be an overnight Um, hey, I'm stuck in a nine to five and tomorrow I'm going to be gallivanting around the world. But you can take baby steps every day to build a life that looks more like the future that you want for yourself. So I would say those are the first two. Number three is knowing what you value in life changes everything. So like some of my personal values are community and creativity and simplicity And the beautiful thing is that I can base every future decision on those values. Like, is that living in alignment with what I truly value in life and the future that I want to create for myself? So once you get clear about what you value, it makes everything else so much easier. It is kind of this cornerstone that you can come back to and say, yes, this is what I want for my life. Or it makes it super simple to cut out the noise and say, you know, that's not what I want for my life. And you can move on. Um, It's just knowing what you value is a really beautiful thing and will help you so much in creating a life that you really love. Along the same lines, I want to, I want to shout it from the rooftops (laughs) because I think it's so important. Building a life you love is not selfish. I think that's so important for everyone to know, like know in the deepest, deepest places of their heart. It is not selfish to build a life that feels so good for you, that feels in alignment with your values, um, where you're able to follow your passion, your dreams, um, you know, just create a beautiful life for yourself. And I think I don't know if this resonates with you, Lauren, but I think especially as women, we are taught to put others first, which 
is a really beautiful thing. I think it's it's one of the most beautiful parts of being a woman is kind of this innate sense of wanting to care for others. But a lot of times that can that can put more pressure on us putting everyone else's needs or desires above our own. And so we can have a complex a little bit of anything that we want to do for ourselves is automatically selfish. And it's just not true. Yeah, I would say that's definitely the hardest one for me also for that same reason of, you know, being growing up a Southern woman and I have a social work degree and, you know, everyone else is first. But then the flip side of that is creating this Instagram influencer life that looks amazing and looks really stupid, honestly, you know, because like you're saying, you, you, and I'm totally guilty of like staging pictures and things like that, but also of trying to pretend like that is real life and that that's, you know, my dream growing up as a little girl was not to grow up and have a big fluffy bed with that I could drink tea in, you, you know, right. Um, but being honest about like, but my dream is to live overseas with my husband and our dog and, you know, be involved in the community here and use our skills to, you know, bring more art to the world. Um, that is living an intentional life for me, not the Instagram influencer kind of image that I feel like gets created when we talk about this. Absolutely. And that's part of what can make living more intentionally feel outside of our grasp, because that is the imagery that we see. And like, for example, we live in a little one bedroom apartment. It is not glamorous um, in the least bit. I'm not going to be posting it all over Instagram and saying that this is the coolest thing ever. But it's my life and I love it. And that's the thing is if we compare it to the images that we're seeing from people that honestly are, are getting paid to present kind of a quote unquote perfect life or people that, um, you know, that's their jobs is to kind of set up scenes like that. It can make you feel really inadequate. And I am just I'm not about that. <laughs> I'm like, make it real. Make it yours you know, build a life that you want. It's going to be beautiful because it's yours. Um, don't go chasing after those picture perfect images because it's just not real life. Exactly. I read a quote the other day in, um, I have this, she reads truth Bible and in the middle of it are these devotions that like the, she reads truth staff, I guess have written. And, um, the quote it's, perfectly applicable. What they said was plenty does not equal prosperity and want does not equal poverty. And I was so, so struck by that because I have definitely felt like we have, we live a life of prosperity. We live in the Middle East, which is known for making a lot of money, but we really miss our community. You know, we don't have a great community here. And our prosperity has brought a lot of want. And when I think back to a time that we were incredibly happy in our life because we had a ton of community, it was the time when we were the poorest, but we had an amazing community around us. And this quote, I'll read it again, just because it was so like 
intense for me. And I think it really aligns well with what we're talking about. It says, plenty does not equal prosperity and want does not equal poverty. That is just so powerful. I think that's such a great reminder for all of us in our lives, because let's be honest, (laughs) we're kind of uh, raised in a society to look at the dangling carrot of this is what life should look like. And there can be a lot of sparkles, a lot of bells and whistles and that sort of thing where we think, oh, this is the life that we should be leading with a lot of trappings and and prosperity, you know, that sort of thing. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with those things. I think what we find when we're in our real lives is that connection and community and friendship um, and love are so much more important to us. And they give us so much more fulfillment than, than any of those those physical things can. Yeah, it's, it's so true, but it's so hard to remember that when we're like scrolling. Yeah, <laughs> the scroll can be, oh man, the struggle is real. The comparison game. Yeah, it can get really tough for sure. It can, but I bet the rest of your tips can help us. So what is your next secret? Yes. Okay. So we've gone through the first four. It's so much easier than you think to live more intentionally. We have more power over our lives than we think. Knowing what you value changes everything. Building a life you love is not selfish. The next one may be the hardest, at least it was for me, but truly knowing and believing that you are worthy of a big, beautiful life is the foundation of everything. It is so hard for most of us. Most of us have our own struggles of worthiness or feeling like we can or are capable, can have a big, beautiful life. But I promise, no matter who you are, your background, what you do for a living, Just being a human being and being alive, I promise that you are worthy of the biggest, juiciest version of life you can imagine. So that's the next secret. Um, And one of my favorites, the next secret is your mornings can be so much easier. They can be so much easier, so much better. You can start the day feeling full of joy, even if you're not a morning person like me true story, Uh, but they can become just such a beautiful part of your day and really get you started on the right foot. And the last one is living more intentionally is absolutely worth it. It may take some time to figure out your values. You may have to spend some time kind of daydreaming and thinking about the life that you want for yourself. And implementing small or big changes, but I promise it's absolutely worth it. Tell us a little bit more because these are all so good and I want to dig into a few of them a little more. Tell me a little bit more about accepting and believing that you do deserve a big, beautiful life. How did you overcome that struggle? Because you're right. I think that it's going to be one of the hardest ones for people to overcome. Absolutely. And for me, full transparency, it has been years of therapy (laughs) has definitely helped me see that more and more. But honestly, as I think of 
other people, as I think of my friends, the people in my life that I love, what I want for them and what I see in them is such an innate worthiness. It has nothing to do with um, their career, what kind of car they drive, what kind of house they live in, any of those things. When I started paying attention more to the people in my life and how easy it was to just give them um, unconditional love and grace and those sorts of things, it made me start questioning, why do I not believe that I am worthy of those same things? So I think sometimes it takes us looking to how we treat the people that we love, our family, our communities, and that sort of thing, and extending that same sort of grace to ourselves. Um, it's not easy. It's been a lifelong journey for me, but I do, if nothing else, just trust in this tiny sliver of, of uh, truth, which is just by being alive and being a human, you are worthy. There's, there's nothing more complicated than that. Just being alive makes you worthy. That is so true and so hard to own because we are much, much better grace givers than grace receivers for sure. Right, right. It's, it's just a, a truth and it, and it is so hard. Um, and it's still, you know, I'm definitely not a pro at it. I think we all have our moments and we all have our struggles. But as we begin a journey of, um, discovering our self-worth or really falling in love with ourselves, um, acknowledging who we are and the greatness that we have. Um, it just brings so many other things in life and in the world into a, alignment. So I, I think it really is, it's probably the hardest step, but I think it's the most important because once you know your worthiness and once you own that, oh, it's a game changer. It is. And I will echo what you said about counseling. You know, as a person who has two degrees in counseling, it took me going back to counseling as an adult again to really begin to own that also. And I know that right now it's a hard time that you might be like, yeah, I need some counseling right now. This this world is bananas. Um, <laughs> before it we is. even like go into this like intentional stuff, um, I will have a link in the show notes for a couple free weeks to BetterHelp, which is an online counseling service that I personally use and absolutely love. Um, it's very affordable. It's obviously very easy to do because it's online. And so if that's something you want to work on, I will have a link for some free weeks to that for you in the show notes at lauren-likes.com slash podcast. Okay. And tell us more about your morning routine. I have only had a morning routine probably for the last year, but it has made such an impact in my life. It's nothing glamorous, um, but it's beautiful and simple, and it just nourishes me in the most incredible ways. So it's become non-negotiable. I get up in the morning, I make some tea, I snuggle up with a blanket and go outside and sit on my patio. 
And I'm telling you, it is not Pinterest worthy. It's not, I'm not going to put it on the gram. Like it's this big, beautiful thing because I literally look out onto a busy road and stare at a Panera bread sign across the street. (laughs) (laughs) So it is not fancy. It's not beautiful, but oh my gosh, when I tell you it is, it's so centering and grounding. It helps me start my day in just a really beautiful way. So I use that time to sip on my delicious tea and snuggle up with my blanket. For me, it's part gratitude practice. I am just so thankful every day when I open that door, I look at the sky and I just say, thank you for a new day. You know, whether it's, we're here in Portland, so it rains a lot. So chances are I open the door and it's gray skies, gray clouds, sometimes drizzly, but it doesn't matter. I open that door and I'm just so grateful to be alive. I'm so grateful for a new day. So that practice for me really is gratitude. I also check in with myself. I, you know, even the physical act, I put my hand over my heart and I check in with my heart. I see how my heart is feeling. I check in with my body to see how my body is feeling and what it might need. Some days it's rough and it's like, girl, you're going to need a nap today. Or sometimes I just feel like I can take on the world. It's just a moment to check in with myself. And then I also think through my day so I can kind of start the day with a little more clarity instead of feeling overwhelmed. Um, And recently, you know, that now that we're living the isolated life, it just some days there's a heaviness to it. And so sometimes I go out with tea two or three times during the day and just reconnect with myself, check in with my heart, see what I need, check in with my body um, and just take a moment for myself to kind of reconnect, reground myself. And then I'm, I'm ready to jump back into life. I really like that you said you go back out and you kind of recreate that morning routine moment of that moment that you know is really centering and calming for you. That is really smart. It has been, it has been something that I now look forward to. Like it's become a kind of backup plan for when I'm feeling overwhelmed or overstimulated or it just you know I need a moment to myself to clear my thoughts or just my heart is telling me that it needs a little extra care it is so quick I could pop out for five minutes and feel totally reconnected and centered and recharged and jump right back into life it's such a little thing but it can make a huge difference Oh, I love that. I do the same thing. I will take the dog outside to like just downstairs from our apartment. We have like a little patch of grass and just letting him run and just me just standing outside for five minutes or just literally walking the like tiny little like kind of cul-de-sac makes all the difference for me. Yeah, Sometimes it's just honestly getting fresh air. Like I feel like our mm-hmm. brains need it. It just gives you a moment to pause. You can collect your thoughts. And then then get back to life. It doesn't have to be anything big or showy or you don't have to spend an hour. It literally can just be a couple of minutes to to reconnect with yourself and move on with your day. Yeah, so we've talked a lot about some really big ideas and 
Um, a lot of these things are kind of very high level thinking, processing, emotional um, states and things that we kind of have to work through and deal with. And um, I think it's very possible for everyone listening, but especially right now, people are like, you know, some people have a ton of extra time, like me, I don't have any kids. And so I'm like living it up. Um, just kidding. I want to go outside to you guys. Um, but, but, you know, I know some people are really struggling right now. And so what would be kind of your number one tip, your number one thing that you would encourage people to do to live more intentionally right now in these really uncertain times? That is such a good question. Um, and I'm just going to answer right from my heart. I think the biggest thing that we need right now um, is grace. For ourselves. These are unprecedented times. We've never experienced anything like this in our lifetime. We've never seen the things happening that we're seeing happening in our lifetime. And just the world as a whole, no matter where you are, there's just this kind of extra heaviness. Um, and I think now more than ever, we need to have more grace for ourselves. Um, and so for some people that may look like, okay, I need to take five minutes to myself, even if your life is crazy, even if you're now at home with all the kids doing all the things, just finding five minutes to connect with yourself and see what you need, see how your heart is feeling. Um, I think that is a great starting point, just being gentle with yourself this this is such a crazy time, um, unprecedented. We don't know how to respond to this because we haven't been in it before. Um, but just taking some time for yourself and extending so much grace and so much love, I think will be a great starting point. Oh, I love that. That is your five minute how she creates challenge for this week. Take five minutes for yourself recenter, do whatever works for you, snap a picture of it and post it online and use the hashtag how she creates so that we can see what you're doing and see those moments. Because I do think that it looks different for everyone. And it's important to see different examples of that. So if you would um, honor us by sharing your moment, that would, I would really appreciate that. Well, and I think you know, and that is great in and of itself, but think of the beautiful ripples that come from that. Being mm. able to see another person or another woman um, take that time for themselves, um, seeing that they're giving themselves grace, that inspires and encourages the next person to do that. So it may seem like a small thing, posting a picture and that sort of thing. But that is such a beautiful way to inspire others to take their own moments to themselves, to recenter, regroup. It's like the most beautiful ripple effect I can think of. It is. And it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, being really intentional with our relationships. That is a good thing to text someone and say, you know, I'm going to do this, do it with me. Or will you hold me accountable to doing it? Or I encourage you to do it too. I think that would be a really great way to deepen those intentional relationships that you want to develop. Absolutely. So Allie, what does living a creative lifestyle look like for you? 
Um, you know, for me, I think the biggest thing is that I just continuously stay curious. Um, I think being a creative person, I'm always on the lookout for inspiration. Um, and I just want to soak up as many interactions with people or experiences as possible. Um, it also means for me finding inspiration in unexpected places. So it isn't always finding inspiration in museums or galleries or just art in general. Sometimes it's a cooking show. Sometimes it's finding a fabric that just has the yummiest texture, um, you know, or meeting new creative people. It, it also means for me a lot of time just soaking up life um, and lots of artist dates, whether it's galleries or visiting other artist studios or honestly just walking through a new part of town. Um, I find so much inspiration and just try to soak up everything that I can to fill up my creative well. Ah, yes, we are. We are so the same. I love that. <laughs> what is your favorite resource for creativity? Where do you go when you need? Oh, I will be honest. Right now, I'm pretty obsessed with Pinterest and Instagram at the moment. So now that I have a little extra time, <laughs> I have been getting lost in rabbit holes. Um, and right now I've really been inspired by finding other new artists. Um, I've been really inspired by the creative community as a whole, um, but especially ceramic artists, um, clothing designers, um, illustrators, like things that I, that I do not typically or currently have my hands in. I'm finding so much inspiration just by people showing up and being creative, no matter what the medium or technique is. Um, I'm also in the midst of reading Big Magic again. I think this is maybe my ninth time and it never oh. ceases to inspire me. <laughs> Oh, okay. You've beat me a number of times, but yes, I'm reading it right now too. I, it is. It is so good. It is so, so good. Not only just as an artist, but I think for any and every person, just that reminder that we have so much magic in us, whether you call that a gift or just, you know, the gifts that you have that you're able to bring into the world, special talents, um, you know, maybe you're really gifted at something specifically. I think that book is just such a great reminder to to look within, see what you have to offer the world, and then it just inspires you to go out there and, and share it with the entire world. Oh, amen. I could not um, love, love that more. <laughs> Speaking of resources, you have created a resource for our community. Will you share a little bit more about that? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm super excited about this. Um, I've put together a little bundle just for the How She Creates community. Um, and so this is going to have some resources for just bringing more intentionality into your life. Um, hopefully some encouragement and inspiration to start you on the path if this is a new journey for you. Maybe it will be a good checkpoint if you are already trying to live more intentionally. And there's also a few extra goodies in there that will be top secret until you find it, um, just to add a little more goodness and encouragement into your 
your life and world. Well, I cannot wait to get my hands on it. And I just appreciate it so much, Allie. I loved this conversation. This was very needed, I feel like right now. And I hope people are going to be really encouraged by it. And I hope people are going to be really excited to connect with you. So tell us one more time where we can find you. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd love for you to come over to Instagram and join the Seek and Be community. We have a lot of fun. I get goofy in my stories. I just love to dole out inspiration and encouragement, especially for creative women. That's where my heart is. So if you come on over, you can find me there on Instagram. It's seek and be. Um, You can also visit my website, which is seekandbe.com. I do have a free resource library. There's tons of goodies, not only for living more intentionally, but there's daily trackers, there's creative prompts, there's even some date ideas, you know, all sorts of goodies that I hope will encourage and inspire people to um, create a life that they just absolutely love. Awesome. Well, I can't wait for everyone to go check it out and get to know you more. Like I said, I, we will have links to Allie in the show notes at lauren-likes.com slash podcast. Thank you so much, Allie, for being here. And thank you everyone for listening. We cannot wait to connect with you again. And we hope you have a wonderful crafty week until next week. Thank you so much for listening to How She Creates. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to know more about the show, please visit lauren-likes.com slash podcast and be sure to sign up for the newsletter to know when new episodes are out and to stay up to date with all of the crafty creative happenings around here. If you would take a moment to leave a rating and review on iTunes, that would be so helpful to let me know what you thought of the show and share with all your friends on Instagram by tagging me at Lauren Likes blog and using the hashtag howshecreates. Until next week, I hope you get curious and go explore something.